Hello and welcome to Mental Awakening, the podcast that explores all topics related to trauma recovery, mental health, chronic pain and healing. I'm your host, Sarah DeKeeley, psychotherapist and mental health social worker. And in this episode, I will speak a little bit about the authentic self and the meaning of essence. Okay, welcome back everybody. It's good to be here. I just want to start by acknowledging that I haven't been very consistent with recording these podcast episodes for you. And the reason for that is that we're at the end of this year, it's been a pretty full on year for me personally, um, in all areas of my life. And so I'm just trying to honor my needs. And I'm trying to honor um, what I need, you know, each passing day and always giving from a place of fullness and wholeness, making sure that my cup is full. So thank you so much for your support. And let's get started. In this episode, I want to talk a bit about the authentic self. This is a topic that has often been quite misunderstood. And um, I know with clients in sessions, I get asked, well, what does that even mean? What does it mean to be your authentic self? Or what does it mean to lose your authentic self? which I've talked about in previous episodes that in childhood or during our upbringing, this is what often takes place. We get separated from this essence because of our conditioning, because of our environment, because of, you know, expectations, cultural parental expectations, um, the pressures and the messages that we receive. And so, you know, the whole point of being your authentic self is really about being true to yourself through your thoughts, words, and actions. A quote by Carl Jung, um, the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. I really love that. And I used to read that years ago thinking, that sounds wonderful, but I didn't fully understand what it actually meant. The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. I looked at it in that superficial way where I thought, yep, I'm going to be myself, but I wasn't really myself. And now I understand what he meant with this quote. So this quote sums up the importance of growing into your authentic self, um, which is who you truly are as a person, regardless of your occupation, regardless of the influence of other people. It's an honest representation of you. To be authentic means that you're not really caught up in what other people think about you. You're not trying to please the world. You're not even trying to give in to these egoic notions of what you think you should be. And this may sometimes lead you to, you know, stand out from the crowd, which can be a bit of a lonely path. I have definitely been there and I feel like I still am there. Um, To be authentic is you know, like I said before, is to really be true to yourself. It means being able to sacrifice anything that doesn't resonate with your truth, whether it's relationships, situations and circumstances, jobs, anything that diverges you from your truth. For example, if you're in a job or in a relationship that doesn't make you happy or makes you act differently or um, doesn't really align with the values that you know, you have come to develop over time, because I mean, our values change as we grow, right? Then 
you have to actually move on from that relationship. You have to move on from that job. And being authentic means that you're honest about it with yourself. However, as we all know, this is easier said than done. It is difficult to define your authentic self because often we don't have just one self. There are multiple versions of who we are. We are one person at work. We are another person maybe with our best friend. So the self that you are with your family and your friends and colleagues or even with strangers continues to vary. And these, what we call invented selves, as much as they're, they're you know, normal and it's what we kind of tend to do um, to some degree, it actually steers us further away from truly being ourselves. So authenticity is not about expressing your opinion all the time without filters. I'm not referring to not having boundaries. I'm not referring to telling everybody about everything you think. But rather, being authentic is really about being self-aware, taking feedback from others, being humble, observing yourself, knowing yourself. It's about answering the question to, who am I? Who am I really? Many people struggle with expressing themselves openly, figuring out who they are, knowing what they want from life. And, you know, it's, I loved listening to Brene Brown because she talked about how authenticity means to, you know, having a keen awareness of who you are and what you stand for, you know, expressing yourself honestly and consistently to the world. And this is hard, you know, we have to break patterns and it's not easy to do that. So it's really about um, developing a meaningful relationship with yourself, a meaningful relationship with other people, being vulnerable, but also being comfortable with that vulnerability, moving away from the constant fear of rejection that prevents people from expressing their authentic selves and put up a mask and change their behavior in order to fit in or act in a way that they think they should act. One thing that we often do when we're not authentic is that we betray ourselves to fit in. And this ends up making us feel isolated internally and alone, hiding feelings of shame, guilt, low self-esteem. These are the results of when, you know, not being true to ourselves. And that's when we need to ask, what does it mean for me to be authentic? I personally have in my own journey, going through this. Um, and I'm, I feel like I'm always going through it, you know, because it's not something, like it's a beautiful discovery of who I am, you know. I, I feel like I'm never done with getting to know myself. I'm always surprising myself. I'm always discovering so much more to who I am and, and so many parts of me that have been suppressed, you know, for many, many years. And I've, I really believe that discovering and being open to this authentic self is really important because this is what helps us move away from the seven faces of the inner critic, which is, you know, the taskmaster, the controller, the guilt tripper, the people pleaser, the perfectionist, the destroyer, and the underminer. These are the parts of us that keeps us small and actually further distances us from who we're really meant to be in this life, who we really are. So 
what can we do to really you know tap into that authentic self what are some of the practical steps that we can take i think it's important to ask yourself when do i feel most authentic asking yourself some direct questions can help you discover who you are when you're not putting on a mask when you're not betraying your core values and and really also getting clear about what those values really are it's not a value that you, you take on because you want to make sure that the relationship works or that the job you're in works or that you take on this value because you just want to survive life. So really understanding the survival brain, you know, and how that functions, I think is really helpful in that. Um, so questions like which types of people, activities, situations make me feel most alive? Are there people or, you know, parts of my life that make me feel unhappy, angry, toxic? And, and also really writing these down, like who you're with, what emotions come up, what these experiences cost you emotionally and physically. In situations where you feel authentic, what's going on? You do the same thing. Write down who are you with when you feel most authentic? What activities are you involved in when you're most authentic? What positive emotions or outcomes are you experiencing when you're most authentic? This is so, so important for us to, you know, make time for these things. That's the thing. We don't often do that. We're not really encouraged to even culturally, but it's just such a driver. You know, your authentic self is such a driver of, how you create your life and the experiences that you have in your life. For example, for me, there's been numerous times where I've stayed in relationships that did not align with my values, did not align with, you know, what I really wanted uh, because of survival. Because I thought, you know, well, you got to have someone, right? Or, um, well, this will do. Or, you know, because of... Um, complacency or whatever it could be same thing with jobs professions friendships so really important to explore when do I feel my best the second thing is to be present the ability to be present with yourself no matter what's going on around you is essential to authenticity if you're always distracted by mental chatter and reacting to external situations you're not really aware of who you really are that state of presence which is what I call the essence. Essence is actually being. Beingness. That's essence. Being able to be present, practicing moments of pause regularly throughout the day will strengthen our mindfulness and help us notice when we're not being authentic, when we're actually being inauthentic. As our awareness grows, we will better be able to notice, you know, what it is that makes you feel good and what it is that doesn't make you feel good when do you feel authentic when do you feel inauthentic so awareness provides us opportunities to express ourselves more fully and take action that feels um, aligned with who we really are the other thing is to also create a good healthy support system finding communities or groups or people that share similar values to you spending time with them Standing by them, surrounding yourself with people like that can be really a good way of strengthening your own authenticity. Connecting maybe with a therapist, a life coach, a psychotherapist is also really helpful in that. And then speaking your truth assertively, 
improving how you communicate can have a massive impact on living an authentic life. So when we say what we actually mean, we strengthen this energy within us. And I've talked about this before. We all have this energy system that goes through our body, just like you find that in animals, you find it in plants, same thing with us human beings. We have these incredible energy systems. And when we don't do things in alignment with our truth, our energy weakens. And when our energy weakens, our body, our physiology naturally weakens also. I've been really fascinated with this topic because I've started to notice a correlation between poor health and energy blockages in the body, first in my own life and also in the life of the people that I work with. So I'll give you a couple of examples. When I was younger, I went through many, many, a decade of eating disorder-related issues and then later on started to develop digestive-related issues, everything from uh, IBS, bowel issues, um, acid refluxes. And then as I continued to move into adulthood, there was this chronic pain and chronic fatigue and so on. And a lot of that had to do with this third energy point, the third chakra, we call it, which is the solar plex chakra around the stomach area. And the way that that energy point weakens, the way that we know that that energy point is actually that we are deficient in that energy point or in that chakra is by noticing how confident we are. So if you have low self-esteem, poor self-discipline, you don't have a strong willpower, you have actually a weak willpower and you get easily manipulated by other people's opinions, thoughts and beliefs, including the media. If you, you know, are constantly um, in this victim mentality of blaming other people, that's when you know that that chakra is blocked. Other things that also influence this Energy point is the need to be right, to have the last word, to be manipulative, to be deceitful, temper tantrums, constant stubbornness, um, competitiveness, arrogance, hyperreactiveness. These are all the things that block this chakra. So the way that we can actually heal it is by grounding ourselves, deep relaxation and stress control um, activities. Vigorous exercise is really helpful. Psychotherapy in order to build a, a healthier ego and to release anger or even work on managing anger. Strengthening the will, encouraging autonomy. So one of the things I constantly told myself is I honor the power within me. I can do whatever I set my mind to do. So this is how we strengthen the will. The reason as to why this chakra um, gets blocked often has, I mean, all of them are often trauma-related issues, shaming, um, growing up with authoritarian figures, domination of your will as a child, physical abuse, enmeshment, punishment, um, age-inappropriate responsibilities, which, gosh, I had plenty of, inherited shame from my parents and so 
how we balance this chakra and this energy point is really through strengthening our sense of esteem by building a confidence that is healthy, appropriate self-discipline, and, you know, really building resilience so that we're better able to meet our challenges. In my own personal journey, I've had blockages in all of my energy points or chakras. I rather call them chakras. It's easier. And I want to just, for the sake of time, because we don't have much time and I don't want to ramble on too much, I want to give you guys two more examples of what actually happens when that particular energy point is blocked. So if we look at the second chakra, which is around um, the bowels and the urinary system, the spleen, um, and it has a lot to do with our sexual function, lower back pain, for example, can really mean that there is a blockage there. Um, things like knee trouble, lack of flexibility. That particular chakra point is the second one, which is called the sacral chakra, has a lot to do with our sense of pleasure and our relationship with pleasure. So when we're deficient in really allowing ourselves to experience pleasure, when there is frigidity, fear of sex, poor social skills, denial of pleasure, um, when we have rigid boundaries, fear of change, lack of excitement, rigidity in our body and our attitude, then we block that energy point. When this energy point is in excess, we act in, you know, addictive behaviors, sexual addiction, um, seductive manipulation, emotional dependency, um, obsessive attachment. And again, these are all trauma-related issues. It has to do with, for example, people who have been sexually abused, emotionally abused, neglected, rejected. Um, in enmeshed situations and relationships, emotional manipulation, including religious and moral severity, anti-pleasure um, kind of beliefs that have been imposed on, on them from childhood, physical abuse and alcoholism in, in the, within the family structure, then it can lead to blockages within this energy center. I mean, it was the case definitely for me. I really struggled with um, some of these issues, you know, lower back pain massively. It was a big part of my life in my 30s. And um, I also had a loss of appetite for food as well as sexual pleasure. And so the way that we heal this, this particular energy point is through things like emotional release or containment as, as appropriate, which again is what psychotherapy is for. Inner child work, really working with connecting to your inner child. Boundary work, which is again something I do a lot with my clients. And then also just assigning healthy pleasures to your life. Developing um, a relationship with pleasure that is healthy. You know, I, I love saying things like, I deserve pleasure in my life. I embrace and celebrate my sexuality. My sexuality is sacred. You know, life is pleasurable. So I truly believe that all of life is about balance. 
That's what we want to reach for. That's what we want to aim for. Having said that, everyone looks at balance in different ways. My own personal guide around balance has a lot to do with my body. How my body feels is an indication of whether I'm balanced in my chakra system or not. If my energy is balanced, I know that my body is naturally feeling good. But when my body doesn't feel good, it's a beautiful and wonderful indication that there's something that's blocked. And it's okay if it's blocked because then we know, once we know what's going on, we can work with that. And that's the whole beauty of this stuff is once you have accurate information, then you can work with your body. And unfortunately, our medical system is not obviously designed to educate people about these things. I've never met a doctor who is aware of the energy system in the body or has ever talked about it. Usually when there's something wrong with us, the first thing we do is rush to the doctor and get a pill and try and fix it. We rarely tune in to check what's going on with my body? What's going on with my energy? What's happening? Obviously, sometimes medical attention is absolutely necessary. When my throat chakra got blocked, and that's the fifth energy point in the body, I developed Graves' disease and thyroid-related issues. And it's interesting because then when, when I realized why that energy point had gotten blocked, I understood that from a very young age, I was lied to. There was constant mixed messages, verbal abuse, constant yelling, excessive criticism, which actually blocks our creativity. There was a lot of secrets in the home, a lot of secrets within the family unit, you know, threatening me for telling anyone. Like whenever my parents were abusive, they would threaten me not to tell anyone about what they just done to me or to each other. Authoritarian parents, you know, don't talk back to me kind of a thing, um, including obviously addiction, any kind of dependency. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. So what this does, it, it blocks this energy point. It shuts it down. So we start experiencing fear of speaking our truth. Our voice becomes small and weak. There is a difficulty putting feelings into words. There is poor rhythm, introversion, you know, shyness. And when it's in working in excess, then there's too much talking. Talking as a defense, inability to listen, poor auditory comprehension, gossiping, you know, dominating voice, interrupting people, being overbearing. And then obviously physically, you'll experience things like tight neck muscles, tightness of the jaw, um, disorders of the throat, which is obviously thyroid-related, ears, um, it could be anything, including your voice. And so the way we heal this particular energy point is making sure that we loosen our neck and shoulders consciously throughout the day, checking in, am I holding my neck and shoulders tight? Am I, you know, tensing up? Singing, chanting, storytelling, journal writing, practicing silence, and non-goal-oriented creativity, which I love. You know, creating for the sake of creating, not to try and get something from it, not to try and be acknowledged for it. Do it because this is how you express yourself, because this is your truth. So in psychotherapy, what I go 
um, through with my clients is how to learn about healthy communication, communication skills, things like inner child communication. I love to always repeat the following, some of the following sentences to myself that my voice is necessary. I hear and I speak the truth. I express myself with clear intent. Creativity flows in and through me. So if you can resonate to anything that I've talked about, then I really recommend that you either book an appointment with me or look into this, the energy points, the chakra system in the human body, because it's absolutely fascinating and very spot on. So what strengthens our energy is often authenticity, being honest, being truthful, doing things that you love, having very healthy boundaries with everyone in your life. Some people tend to be passive communicators and they kind of tend to hold back in sharing their opinions. We call them introverted, which I, I don't know if I even believe in introverted, extroverted, because I think we always have both. It's just that sometimes we, we don't feel safe in certain scenarios to express ourselves. And I think often that has to do with trauma and um, unresolved trauma and conditioning some people um, tend to be aggressive and dominant when they communicate, whereas other people can be really, you know, hold back. And so practicing assertive communication um, really allows you to speak in a way that's open, honest dialogue, you know, um, respectful to other people's needs as well as your own, and really encourages that balanced way of communicating. So... So assertive communication isn't actually aggressive communication, just to clarify that. And it's something that really helps you with the implementation of boundaries. If you guys want to know more about boundaries, please listen to episode eight, where I talk a bit about boundaries. The next thing that's important is to every day take little steps towards authenticity, because it can feel like a really big abstract concept. But when you actually look at it, it just comes down to your day-to-day -day actions. It comes down to what you do every day. So it could be anything from spending a few minutes researching a career change or practicing something that you love, something that brings you joy, something that makes you present. Committing to all of these little small tasks can really help you to become a more authentic person. You'll be surprised at how much better you actually feel in time as you do this. The next thing is to recognize um, the influences that are internal as well as the influences that are external. So, for example, you know, making time to reflect and notice, you know, do I put pressure on myself because of whatever beliefs I have taken on that are no longer serving me? Or is it that other people are putting pressure on me? So yeah, just self-reflecting on these things. What are the pressures? Is it cultural pressure? Is it pressure that I'm putting on myself because of my beliefs, because of family, because of friends, and so on? In order to live an authentic life, we have to have an open mind. You know, we have to become aware of our inner critic and exercise compassion for ourselves and compassion for other people really nurturing creativity, nurturing the, the things that we enjoy doing, opening our heart more, letting our walls down, tapping into that vulnerability. And this is how you start to feel 
more like yourself, you know, like the child that you once were. You know, children are often the most authentic thing that you can ever find because they're just so true to who they are until they start to notice and realize that, oh, I actually need to be how other people want me to be in order to receive love and attention. And that's when they start to edit themselves. So what does authenticity actually give us? When you discover how to be your authentic self, you live in the flow. Everything flows effortlessly. And I know that a lot of people hearing this are probably going to struggle with what I'm saying, but it's something I've actually lived. I live it, you know. When I'm not being authentic, nothing flows. When I'm authentic, life simply flows for me, you know. When you're consistently living up to your core values, you start to feel more confidence. You trust yourself more. You know that you can um, overcome obstacles when you're in challenging situations. You learn how to be real, to let go of the masks that you carry. You learn how to create genuine relationships that are not based on manipulation and neediness or fear and control. You express yourself honestly and attract like-minded people who support you for who you really are inside. People are often inauthentic because they think they need to be something else. They, They want to be what other people want to see. They change their behavior to match a particular situation. We call this self-monitoring in psychology. This is when we try to put ourselves in cultural boxes and do whatever we can to meet these expectations. So, for example, we might not go for what we want in life because of how inappropriate it could be culturally based on our age, or we might not really feel the emotion of joy and express it fully at every moment we get because of how others might perceive us and what they might think of us or how they might put us in a specific box based on how we appear. These are just a few examples of how fear holds us back, fear of rejection, fear of judgment. And what's really interesting about that is Whenever we judge ourselves, we naturally internalize the judgment of other people. We actually say, yep, they're right. I believe this. We take it in. A good question to ask yourself is, what would I do? How would I live if I wasn't afraid? How would I go about my life? Because living courageously is what helps us be authentic. How would I be open to new experiences and live a great life? So to be authentic and to strengthen that muscle within us, we need to live courageously. We need to choose love over fear. There are only two emotions in life that are pretty much the driving force behind everything, and that's love and fear. All positive emotions comes from love. All negative emotions comes from fear. From love flows happiness, contentment, peace, and joy. From fear comes hate, anxiety, guilt, and shame. I love this quote by Brené Brown. Yes, another quote by Brené Brown. (laughs) Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. 
So to slowly wrap it up, I just want to say that you want to stay aware of how to be real, whether you're interacting with someone at work or with your partner or even with your children and friends and family. You really want to be aware of when am I being real and when am I actually trying to either manipulate or pretend or put on a mask and so on. And you always know, you know the answer inside of you. The truth always makes you feel somewhat stronger, whereas whenever we lie to ourselves and others, we kind of shrink a little bit. It's like we, we become more powerless and we experience more shame. Just a few examples of authenticity in different areas of life. So within relationships, you want to make sure that you're balancing meeting your own needs with caring for your partner, for example, and that you don't dismiss the importance of healthy boundaries. Because this is what shows respect. This is how we practice respect towards self and the other person. Actively listening to what you need as well as to what the other person needs. At work, professionalism doesn't mean that you have to compromise your authenticity. In fact, whenever you stay true to yourself and you're honest, people tend to respect you so much more. When you play the game to get ahead, you tend to alienate yourself and create an atmosphere of, competitiveness and falsehood as opposed to union. So a healthy work environment encourage, encourages open dialogue, exchange of ideas and feedback. And so sometimes we have to tap into that courage and be the example for that. And if they reject us, if that workplace rejects you, then that's not the place for you. You have to remember who you are at your core, who you were as a child, it takes courage to learn how to be real. But when you do, when we actually do that, we set ourselves free. We start to build a life that brings us joy and meaning. And authenticity, I just want to clarify, authenticity does not mean that you have to be aggressive, that you have to have extremely rigid boundaries. No, authenticity means that you become so good at being honest and truthful and also meeting your own needs and having boundaries that are healthy, that you have nothing but love to give. You don't get caught up in the anger. You don't get caught up in this feeling of lack and needing to prove yourself or protect yourself against the world. I, for one, truly believe that life rewards courageous people. I truly do. And I'm not referring to, you know, being the martyr, I'm not referring to being the savior. I'm, I'm talking about courage in terms of really being truthful towards yourself first. Because when you are truthful towards yourself, it means that you respect yourself enough to also be able to respect others. On a final note, I just want to say that in order to really do this work, we have to get to a place of being able to see through all of our conflicts, all of our fears, all of our guilt, our anger, our love, everything, so that in time, more and more essential qualities will be realized within us. If we can do that, if we can just be open to all aspects of who we are, be truthful about who we are, then we will be able to live life in a much more authentic way. So to really understand your essence, your beingness, is to understand how to see. Seeing is understanding. 
All right, everybody, I'm just going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you are interested in working with me, please visit mentalawakening.com.au. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone that you feel will benefit. This will help more people to access the information shared in this podcast. I look forward to speaking to you guys again on a brand new topic in a couple of weeks time. Until then, take care, everybody. Bye for now.